Hey, welcome to a new edition of It's in the Game here on the Cruise Control Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And you can find this podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes, soundcloud.com slash cruise control podcast. And on iTunes, download, rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Show some love and support to the podcast. And today we got my man David Zenon, uh, skills trainer for NBA and collegiate athletes on the program today. You can find him on Twitter at David Zenon1, David Z-E-N-O-N, and the number one. Dave, my man, how you doing? My man Randy, what's going on, bro? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Happy New Year to you and the family, bro. Likewise. Happy New Year, man. All right. Um, first time on the show, so I, I, I already greatly appreciate you spending some time with us, and hopefully this won't be a one-shot deal. <laughs> hopefully you can come back and um, uh, come on the show again sometime, man. Yeah, for sure. I hope so, too. <laughs> um, so you are a skills trainer for multiple NBA and, and college basketball athletes, so you know the game of basketball very well. Uh, me and you are both New York natives, and when it comes to New York basketball, everybody seems to talk about more so of the New York Knicks, which is one thing I, I do on this show, but sometimes I tend to neglect the other team in New York, which is the Brooklyn Nets, and they have been on a roll recently, and right now, David, if the playoffs started today... You know, not a shocker or a little bit of a shocker. The Brooklyn Nets will be in the playoffs right now. They're number six in the East, playing very well, um, more so because of how the coaches been able to get their players acclimated. And uh, the I guess the increased play of D'Angelo Russell recently. Um, I do want to get your take on what you've been able to see from Brooklyn recently and why um, they should not be looked over going forward in this uh, NBA season. Nah, nah, whatsoever. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. D'Angelo Russell's playing out of his mind right now. He's playing really well. He's playing great basketball. Of course, Dinwiddie's been, you know, a bucket the entire season. Uh, but a lot of people overlook what Jared Allen brings to the equation on that team. I mean, he's a great rim protector, obviously the shot blocker, the most notable the LeBron block. But, you know, he does a lot for that defense. And, you know, the, the pieces that they have in terms of, you know, the other other guys that are able to come off the bench, you know, Fareed is now, Kenneth Fareed is now in the equation too. So it's just cool to see how, you know, those guys, uh, Joe Harris, I can't believe I didn't even mention him, but, you know, being able to stretch the floor. So they've done a great job in terms of player development. You know, Kenny Atkinson's like the best in the business in terms of that, um, in, in getting his players better in that regard. Yeah, I think, you know, Kenny, you know, when it comes to coach of the year later on in the season, he, he, he would definitely be one guy on that list that can, you know, be potentially be the coach of the year um, because Brooklyn Nets don't really have like that superstar player that, you know, some teams in the, in the NBA have like Houston, Golden State and things like that. But um, I think they're a team that really play, plays well together, a lot of role players. Um and for me, as a New York native and a fan, uh, when when everything started, I did not see Brooklyn in the playoff mix. Right now, they're they're in the mix right now. You know, it'll remain to see how long they they can keep it up. But um, let's say they do keep it up until the All Star game. Um, 
would it surprise you or not surprise you that a guy like D'Angelo Russell does does make the All Star team or does not make the All Star team? Oh man, as good as he's playing, I don't think he would make the All Star team. I mean, it's kind of hard to. I, I I love his game and I love what he's doing as the recent. But you mm. know, of course, you got the Kyries of the world and you know other guys that you know play point. Um, you know, surprisingly, I think you just got to look at the rest of the East. I mean, the Bucks have a great team, right? Um, it's just it's just hard for me to imagine D'Angelo making the All Star team. I, I mean, I wish he would. I mean, he deserves it, but mm. it's just kind of hard to see. You know the rest of the, the rest of the guards in that play. You know the way that they're playing right now to not make the offensive team over D'Angelo. Well, right now he's at eighteen six and uh, round off eighteen six and four. You mentioned Kyrie. Um, Kyle Lowry's another one. Kyle you Lowry. Know, Kyle, Kyle Lowry's killing it this year. You know it's just it's hard guard position in the East. Just those two alone. But you know maybe yeah I guess I could see the validation. What were you saying? My bad. No, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what other guards that, that can go ahead of him that have better records, number one, and have been doing better uh, with the numbers. Aside from Kyrie, John Wall hasn't been playing in a while. He, you know, he might be out for the year. Kyle Lowry um, always does well for the last couple years. Uh, point guard uh, uh, Kimba Walker is going to be on the All-Star team. Of course, yeah. So when it comes down to that, Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, Kimba, then there's Russell. Uh, I, I only mention Russell, uh, Russell because of how well they're doing. And again, they could like go on a losing streak and be out the playoff picture, but with, that'll be remain to be seen. But I, I'm just kind of shocked that they're doing so well. And you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Knicks fan, and they ain't doing too well. So at least there's one New York team doing well, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was, I started rooting for Brooklyn a little bit when they came out with those Biggie jerseys one night, and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm not a Nets fan, but <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, but you know, um, I I think just those three, the other three guards, you know, um, Kyrie, Kyle, Kemba, uh, just. Those three alone, I mean, that that takes up the point guard spot. I mean, Kemba is probably the best point guard in the group. Um, but, hey, you never know. You're right. I mean, they, they can go on a side. They can just be completely out of it. But D'Angelo is deserving of a look. I mean, a serious look. Right. Um, but it's just it's tough, you know. And, and it's, it's, cool, it's cool to see how Brooklyn is, has been able to show the NBA that uh, with proper player development, and uh, coaching that they could, you know, make some noise. You know, it's not, you know, I'm not saying they're world beaters, but, you know, they've been able to do a lot of stuff in terms of the season and surprising people. What are what are some of the, the aspects of Russell's game that you've seen have gotten better since he left Los Angeles? And do you feel like now the Lakers, you know, they probably won't say it out, out loud, but kind of regret letting him go too early in his season, uh, uh, career? Uh, I think he just, he's, you know, he's hitting the three ball a little bit better. Uh, he's able to stretch the floor that way. He's, you know, he's playing with a good pace. I mean, D'Angelo's always been a really good passer. That's never been a question. I mean, even since his days at Ohio State, you know, that was one of the things that I liked about him uh, the most. But I, I just think he's learning the game. I mean, as, as weird as it sounds, yeah, L.A. did lead, you know, 
got got rid of him a little bit too early. And, um, you know, now he's learning the game to the point where he's flourishing under this role under the right coach at the right time. You know, it's kind of like the perfect storm for him because, mm. you know, he was given the keys to the car, you know, him and Dinwiddie. So it's kind of like, you know, once uh, LeVert got hurt, it's just like, hey, you know, the next guy up. And he's been able to flourish with that, that opportunity. So real quick, fantasy booking this right now at the playoffs were to begin today. Brooklyn will get Indiana three versus six. How do you think they would do against the Pacers? Oh wow, I forgot about Victor Oladipo. <laughs> no, you're right, and, but, but, but he plays a two guard, so De'Ant, Russell's the more than one. But I, I, I do get it. Victor would be on, on that roster too. Yeah, they're gonna go off a of guard. You know how that goes with that. Um, oh wow. Uh, yeah, that matchup's tough. <laughs> I would love to see Brooklyn win that series, uh, but that matchup's tough. I, you know, you just never know because, like, from a team, and that's the thing with the league. Uh, you need a star, and Oladipo's turning into a legit star. I mean, he is one, but mm-hmm. he's, he's he's getting to that point where like he's one of those dudes where it's like he's much watch he's must watch TV, and you know the same thing that Jared Allen does in terms of protecting the rim. Uh, Sabonis and Miles Turner are able to do the same. They also are able to stretch the floor a little bit more. They're more offensively gifted than Allen is. Yeah. So it's just, you know, in terms of that matchup, it's kind of tough. And the other pieces that they have, that Young's of the world and uh, so on and so forth, it's just like, you know, you, they kind of outweighs. And, I mean, that's why they're, you know, they're at the top, you know, the upper echelon in the East so far. And we, and we forgot about Ben Simmons, too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's like a hybrid. He's kind of like you know because Giannis is technically a point, but you know he plays all over the place. So it's kind of like Giannis, Ben Simmons, those kind of guys are just like mm. you know hybrids. You know they're all yeah. over the place. Uh, you mentioned Giannis last night. We had him and uh, the Bucks defeat the Rockets and a big MVP uh, candidate against a current MVP with James Harden. Um, are, are we? I know we're early January, but are, do you think we're down to these two guys being the main two candidates? I know LeBron's always a candidate. Kawhi Leonard's out there, but both of them have, have missed a, a couple of games. Are we down to Giannis and Harden? And if so, who do you think ends up being the MVP for this season? Uh, my dark horse is actually Jokic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like him. Yeah, I, I'm, I love his game. You know, there are times where... I, uh, <laughs> you know, I watch the Nuggets a lot, you know, due to the fact that I train Mason Plumley, and uh, I just love watching the way that, you know, they play off of each other, and they're both bigs who can pass the ball, but Jokic is, like, a, a death passer, man, like, he's actually, like, one of the best passers in the league, not just for a big man, so, uh, but he does a lot of other stuff in terms of, you know, making the offense go, and how they, they run through him first, because, uh, Denver, obviously, you know, they're, uh, they took, you know, the league by surprise and, you know, now they're at the top of the West or one of the top teams in the West. So it's like, you know, he's one of, he's one of my MVP candidates, but I like, at the end of the day, I like Giannis to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, he does way more for the bas- for the basketball game as a whole than Harden does. And I don't mean it as like a culture standpoint. I mean, like as the game progresses, like he does, you know, more in terms of the rebounding and defensive uh, reasons. And he's starting to, you know, take advantage of a lot of that high post action that they have. And, 
you know, he's just he's just an animal, man. He's just done a lot of things to up his game. So I like Giannis to win the MVP. He's just a different. Yeah, I think for me it'll be Giannis. Uh, I totally forgot about Jokic. Uh, big fan of him. Um, Harden will be up there. I think Harden has been getting the praise recently because of how they started and how and where they at now. A bunch of forty point games. Uh, all this happening without Chris Paul. But you know, for the Bucks to be number one in the East, where everybody thought Boston, Toronto was going to be top two, top three. Right now, it, it, it you know it is Milwaukee, and I think that they're taking the league by storm. And I think if the if the Bucks had one more one more other um, guy with Giannis, they can kind of take the East. But um, without him, bro, it, it's I don't know if they win you know many games or, or, or at all. But him getting 27, 21 last night. Um, Harding, I think I think he had 40 or something last night. But I think when it comes down to it, it could be honest. Now, you mentioned Jokic. I like Jokic. Um, and a few friends of mine keep going back and forth, but I want you to help me settle this debate. Jokic or Carl Anthony Towns, who would you have right now? Jokic. Why? I like, I like Jokic um, for the a passing ability. Like, I know Carl Towns can get a bucket uh, in certain spots. Um, Jokic can get... People give him credit for. I think that's what he's passing so much uh, better than other bigs because, you know, he makes all those crazy passes. And yeah, I get it. Like, you know, he has eyes in the back of his head, but... You know, their offense, when they set that down screen and, you know, whatever guard they would cut through and he's able to make it, uh, you know, make those passes over both shoulders, uh, that's something that I don't see Cat doing a lot of. And I don't know if it's just because it's a system thing or what or a skill set because I don't really see Cat doing uh, more than, you know, outside of the turn and face. You know, Jokic has a good, you know, post game, but he also can step out, uh, consistently hit the three and, you know, he's a, he's a great passer as well, as I previously mentioned. So I would take Jokic. Uh, both of them defensively are not, like, you know, stalwart. So it's kind of like I can't say one's a way better defender play, you know, defender than the other. But I, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's, that's tight. I would have to say Jokic. Yeah, I, I think um, I think you can go wrong either way. I think it's a matter of preference. Um, and Cat is a double-double guy, the main guy now in Minnesota. But I think – what Denver has been able to do so far and Jokic being the main focal point and you got Murray there and some other guys and you know nobody thought that right now in early January the Denver Nuggets would be first in the Western Conference and you know a large part of that does play with you know Jokic's play right now the way you look at the Western Conference are the Denver Nuggets the biggest threat to the Warriors or is it Houston is, is OKC is anybody else or, or is it right now or the Lakers or do you think Denver right now is the biggest threat hmm. I would have to say I think Denver is they play great defense uh, as well as I mean as well as they look on offense and we talk about Jokic getting his triple doubles you know all, all over the place they're really good defensively I I know that they beat Golden State already this season, uh, early in the year, and I didn't put much thought into that. 
but we also have to take into account it's kind of hard because we, they don't have boogie yet. I uh, would have to kind of watch and see how they get acclimated with uh, boogie in the lineup. But as of right now, I would say Denver and OKC is the biggest are the two biggest threats to Golden State. I don't really believe that much in Houston. I know you know they're winning their games and mm-hmm. you know they beat Golden State a couple of days ago and uh, Harden scoring a bunch of buckets. I just I just feel like that. X factor is missing when the game slows down in the playoffs. That you know, Trevor Ariza made things difficult for them last year. You know, PJ Tucker was able to switch on a lot of plays because you know Ariza's there in the corner and so on and so forth. So it's just different without having that guy. And sure, you know the regular season's running gun and pace, but when it slows down, it's a totally different animal. So yeah, Denver and OKC are my two biggest uh, threats to Golden State. And um. For the Eastern Conference, are we um, biggest threat? Well, I won't say biggest threat, but everybody had the Boston Celtics coming out coming out of the East against Golden State for a Finals uh, matchup. So the biggest threats of the Celtics are, I would say, Milwaukee, Toronto. I mean, you, you could add Indiana in that mix and Philadelphia, right? Sure, sure. I picked, I mean based off conversations we've all had before. <laughs> I yeah. picked Toronto to come out of the East. Um, you know, not, not being biased, you know, because of Serge Ibaka, but I think that Toronto is so long, and defensively they do probably the best job, you know, rotating and doing, you know, doing all those things, and because of the fact that they have those two stars, you know, Kyle Lowry gets a lot of heat because of the fact that in the playoffs he wasn't able to perform. Uh, but now that Kawhi and Danny Green are in Toronto and they're able to stretch the floor way more than DeRozan could, it gives him the opportunity to have, you know, better shots, you know, more ability to, you know, create passing lanes because, you know, DeRozan, as great of a player as he is, he wasn't uh, as skilled as Kawhi is and capable of hitting the three ball such as Kawhi or Danny. So, that makes a big difference, you know, as I said, when the game slows down and we're in the playoffs, you know, we're going to have to see that. But Toronto and Milwaukee are my Eastern Conference Finals picks. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think that's just, they're just so long and they just play really good. I think they have too much of a good thing. Uh, like, as crazy as it sounds, I think they're trying to figure out a lot of uh, pieces and who to fit where. I I feel like Gordon Hayward is like the odd man out. Um, so it's just hard. You know, you got to, between those three, those are like, you know, the, the three finalists. Philadelphia really doesn't, you know, Philadelphia doesn't really put as uh, much fear into me with the other teams as because, you know, besides J.J. Redick and uh, I believe it's Shemet, the rookie that they drafted, yeah. they don't have a lot of shooters. I know Jimmy Butler can score the ball and, and B can score the ball and make, you know, it's Ben Simmons to show more of a jump shot. But I think a lot of teams, you know, they'll fall back on Ben and, you know, say, all right, you know, show us if, how much your jump shot's gotten better, you know, and let's see what you could do. And, you know, they'll double down on Embiid and hopefully, you know, somebody gets hot. But that's, you know, it's kind of a rarity when you have, you know, those type of players that need the ball a lot, such as Philadelphia does. Is there a team out there or a couple teams out there that, you know, you're, you, you've been watching this season and have been kind of like, you know, un, you know, underwhelming to you. You know, maybe you thought they'll make a playoff uh, berth and they haven't been really 
doing too well. And is there a team that you thought may not be in the playoff mix, you know, a la like a Brooklyn Nets or maybe a Sacramento Kings that now are like really doing well and really playing great basketball? Uh, I thought the Pelicans would be better than what they were. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought the Pelicans would be better. I, but, you know, the season's still, you know, the season's not over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I like the acquisition of Okafor and Randall. You know, I like that nucleus they had to be around AD. Drew Holiday's, you know, Drew Holiday's a monster. You know, he's so underrated. Uh, but I thought that they would be better. Uh, who else, I think? I thought Detroit would be better as well. Washington yeah. Washington was like a big disappointment, you know, in terms of, I, you know, they, had a re- they have a really good squad. And, you know, with Dwight Howard, I wasn't anticipating much, you know, in terms of, you know, offensive production. But at least, like, him just being healthy. Yeah. You know, maybe him being in the locker room. But... Yeah, I, I think it's between uh, Detroit, Washington, and New Orleans. Uh, for me, bro, I'm going to say Utah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Utah's <laughs> another one. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot them. <laughs> yeah, Utah's man. like, But Utah, you know what the crazy thing is? I think it's like Utah kind of... Utah was like one of those teams that just kind of caught everybody by surprise last year. Like mm-hmm. everyone's shocked at how well Donovan Mitchell was playing, and like it became the Donovan Mitchell show. And Ricky Rubio, you know, was able to facilitate and do a lot of things, you know, to make sure that that you know those pieces were moving. But yeah, I I think you know people, Donovan is a volume shooter, and you know they kind of figured out how to guard him differently, and mm-hmm. you know just. It, that's the way, you know, the ball bounces sometimes, you know, that's how great players, you know, get acclimated to that. So I'm sure he'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, Utah, I totally forgot about that. I can't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Mitchell finished second in, uh, rookie of the year last year. Now this year, everybody's loving Luca, David, you know, he, he's the runaway rookie of the year right now. Nobody's even talking like that for Trey Young and, uh, anybody else. But, um, Big fan of Luca. I mean, with the voting for the All Star, he's second in the West, I think, in guards or forward or front court players behind LeBron. That's how crazy this movement uh, has been for Luca. Um, one, do you think he does make the All Star team too early? And, and, and two, um, what do you make of his of his year so far? And also compared to Trey Young, because that was the that was the the, the draft day deal between the Mavericks and, and Atlanta, Luka for trade. So do you think both teams kind of ended up perfectly well with who they traded for? Both teams, it worked out great uh, with who they traded for. Luka was my favorite player in the draft this year uh, by far. I wanted to, you know, I was trying, you know, I was, I was like, well, you know, more and more people are going to watch him play at Real Madrid. And I've been, you know, following a lot. Of, I follow a lot of European basketball, obviously, uh, as well. And it's like, when I saw this kid, when he was playing, uh, I believe he was 16, 17 years old, and he was with Slovenia, I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy is, uh, <laughs> this guy's a problem. And this is like when he's really young and he's doing moves where it's not anything he's super fancy, but he just has his spot. And that's the thing about him. He's not super athletic. Like, he's not relying on something that's, 
you know, so much better than everybody else. He just has his spots. He has a counter move to that. And then if you find the counter move to that, well, he has another one. And it's just like that step back, you know, it's coming. You just don't know when, you know, yeah. it's just, it's amazing. So Luca, yeah, I like Luca for rookie of the year. You know, I, I was kind of surprised more and more people weren't trying to talk about Aiden, um, in terms of his numbers, but based off of like the impact of the game and like that goes to the argument, the same thing, like, you know, MVP races with Giannis and Harden, you know, sure. Harden's going to get a lot of buckets, uh, but he doesn't like, he won't impact the game directly in other facets the way that, uh, that Giannis would. So I feel the same way about Aiton and Luca, you know, Aiton's putting up really good numbers, but there aren't point in time. There aren't parts of the game, uh, that he'll impact the same way that Luca does. And same thing with Trey Young, you know, Trey's like, Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be a great scorer in this league. And, you know, once he puts on some size on his build, because he's really spelt, you know, I, I don't like the Steph Curry comparisons uh, because Steph is abnormally strong. A lot of people don't know how strong he is in terms of his uh, lower body and uh, just his base. You know, this is talking. This is a guy who could deadlift, you know, 400 pounds. Right. And a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, they just see like, well, you know, the frame and the quick release and no, 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 no. Like that's, that's actually very, very, very strong. So yeah, it's, it's the difference between the two, but yeah, to answer your question, <laughs> Luca, you know, that's rookie of the year for me. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, I think he's like a, a, a God version of Dirk, you know, very smaller, more little athletic. I'm not saying Dirk is the most athletic guy out there, but I'm saying just being able to, you know, take the, the game winning shots and, you know, control the offense and, the step back jump shot you mentioned. So to me, he, he's like a mini Dirk. But I think for, you know, right now, you know, Luke is on TV all the time. He's getting those all-star votes. So people are loving him already. Does he does he or Trey Young make the all-star team first? Luka makes the all-star team first. Even, even in the Western Conference? Well, you got to think. I mean, let's take into account there might be... I'm thinking, like, there might be... Eventually, the coaches are going to have to see, you know, the players and coaches are going to, like, acknowledge the game that this kid's playing. Mm -hmm. But I would say, in terms of guard play... Man, that's that's a good good question. (laughs) Uh, In terms terms of guard play, like, obviously, Golden State, you know, has the two best, you know, the best backcourt or best shooting backcourt in the league. You know, Russ is in OKC. Uh, the Clippers don't really have anybody that's, you know, better than Luka in terms of the guard position, in my opinion. Uh, Dame is, you know, better. Mm-hmm. Uh, CP3 is not going to be an all-star, you know, much longer in that regard. Mm-hmm. I mean, as great as he is, you know, it's James Harden's team, and, you know, CP3's on the decline, and... Uh, Man, that's that's a toughie. Yeah, dude, I, I gotta be honest with you. I think maybe Luca. Luca's not better than five, maybe five to six guards in the West, and like Trey's in a position where, you know, we just talked about how, you know, D'Angelo Russell is maybe making the team on the East right now, and those are all guys that are like going into their prime besides uh, Kyle. You know, right. so I don't know. We'll see. Oh, that's kind of a, that's a tough one. 
Um, few things on the Warriors. One you mentioned earlier, Demarcus Cousins going to uh, return to the lineup or make his debut with the Warriors. I think later on this month on the nineteenth. So now we we finally get a chance to see him, Durant, Draymond, Clay, and, and Steph come together and ball out for the, the remainder of the season. What do you what do you expect from Demarcus Cousins with this team? And now with his return, do you feel like I know you know it'll take time to get acclimated, but when it's all said and done, that when he is fully healthy, ready to go on the court, that the Warriors now will be like unbeatable going forward. Yeah, Bill. Um, that starting five is <laughs> crazy. That starting five would be pretty much almost impossible to defend unless they have a bad shooting night. And it's not even just prisoner of the moment because DeMarcus, when healthy, is probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest guy to stop straight up on the block in the league. I mean, he he could turn and face. He could shoot threes. He puts it on the floor. You know, he's like, he's just an animal, man. He's, he's hard to stop. And, you know, teams might have to, you know, help. And they won't necessarily double because they can't, you know, with the, you know, Clay and Steph and KD out on the, you know, three-point line. And with the ability that uh, Draymond has to kind of, you know, pass and facilitate because, you know, he's really like, you know, the point guard per se, you know, when they run that offense at the top of the key, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the trailer, you know, now it's the Marcus. No, it's not just Dre every single time. And that's, that actually could be a problem because, you know, teams might have to try to switch because the Marcus could, you know, shoot the three. But then, you know, if they start switching and, you know, you guys have to help, you know, they could post up guards more often that way. It's just it's just a lot to handle. You know, like, the Marcus doesn't have to be overpowering or overbearing, you know, with those other four on the floor. So they're, they're, they're going to be almost impossible to beat. Their bench is not that good, though. Uh, from the standpoint of, I guess, just keeping up uh, that tempo. I guess, you know, obviously they have the second unit right. with Iguodala and Livingston. And, oh, uh, my goodness. Uh, the big man's escaping my name. Uh, my my, Bell? my Bell? brain right now. Excuse me? Bell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Quinn Cook. You know, they, they just, they have, like, this group that's, like, you know, like the Suicide Squad, per se. <laughs> like, you know, we're just going to send you <laughs> in. Hopefully we keep it, you know, we'll keep the, the rhythm going and then yep. starting five come back in and then they'll just, you know, do their business. But, yeah, that five is tough, man. You know, they're going to be a headache. Yeah. Um, few more real quick. Also with the Warriors, the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm a big Nick fan. Um, I would love every single free agent to come to New York to some I know that won't happen. But, um, you know, <laughs> one, <laughs> one in particular is Kevin Durant. And, you know, the Knicks were just in Golden State this week. And, you know, Clive Frazier had to backtrack some some words he said about Kevin Durant. Asterisk, long story short, saying that Kevin Durant winning a ring in New York would solidify his legacy even more and put him in the, in the, the stratosphere of Michael and LeBron. Um, one, you know... Does Kevin Durant leave Golden State to is New York a, a real possible destination for him? And do you agree with the fact that if he wins a ring in New York that he's up there with Michael and LeBron and these other legends? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I would love for him to come to New York. 
I think that there's a strong possibility that he comes to New York just because if they win again in Golden State, mm. I mean, he'll have three rings. He'll probably have three finals MVPs. Right. It's just like, you know, he's made his, he's established, you know, a great uh, business off the court in terms of, you know, working with guys in Silicon Valley. So he's making the money. Sure. And in terms of, you know, being in a big market, you know, Kevin's already, you know, famous worldwide. So that's, you know, it's like a, you know, flip your coin. You know, he can literally just flip the coin and just be happy with whatever decision he makes. You know, he's three rings, he's a Hall of Famer, he's good to go. Uh, but if he wins in New York, uh, you know, what Clyde said is true. I don't know if I would have said it in public. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> maybe... You know, maybe because, you know, Kevin could be a little bit sensitive at times, you know, like he self-admitted, you know, that he is uh, sensitive and like to have a New York legend be like, well, you know, if you do this here, then you could be with Mike. And, you know, I would just kind of be like, you know, I'd love to have Kevin here. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, I think it'd be, it would be great to have Kevin here, man. Like, you know, he could be one of the best Knicks ever and just leave it at that. You know, let's. Oh, man. I think I think we should, I think we should just stop you know saying anything about Kevin and just let him come over here you know just let him make his decision. Yeah, I you know man, um, you know I think it, it really comes down to the Knicks being lucky. You know the Knicks haven't had luck in the draft. Uh, they got some hurt players. They've signed some questionable free agents, and it's like you know we're in 2019 and we're like, hey man, can we get? Can we get something good, something, you know, fun going and like real, you know, make sure we make the right choices and decisions and just at, at least being not overlooked when it comes to free agency. That, that has happened in the past where LeBron don't come here. D-Wade don't come here. Uh, Melo forced his way to come here. Amari signing it because they gave him the fifth year and a hundred million. But after that, I think it's only been, oh man, two, no, one. One, two, three, I think four playoff appearances in the 21st century, if I'm not mistaken, for this team. So um, it's been really bad for uh, the Knicks basketball. Uh, They did draft Porzingis. So, you know, that's a, you know, nice, nice, you know, tip of the cap to them. And hopefully he resigns with them. But I think going forward, man, they got to get someone like a Durant. They got to get someone like Kyrie or Kimba. I, I don't know. Um, who else is out there for them to have or have the money for that and also being lucky in the draft you know getting that first overall pick getting the RJ Barrett and the Zions of the world that are really be good for that team but I think it, it, it all comes down to luck man the Knicks haven't had luck in a very long time and if they do it I just hope they don't mess it up <laughs> well this new regime is I believe in the new regime I like judging like you know talking to people around the league that I know they speak highly of Scott Perry mm-hmm. and um, you know his baffle acumen and obviously him being around Detroit and building that uh, championship team you know obviously the league is different now in terms of the way that the style is played but the overall ability to put a team together and just kind of have pieces that fit that 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 will never change so I believe in Scott Perry. I believe in, uh, in Steve Mills and, you know, the fact that they kind of have that brain trust now. And, you know, scouting-wise, they, they seem like they're doing a good job in terms of, you know, developing their players. And, you know, let's not leave out Coach Fizz, who, you know, having these guys 
you know, buy into a great uh, system and mm-hmm. and they're getting better. You know, even the games that they lose, like they show a lot of promise in terms of, you know, picking up on different things, like different, you know, schemes and um, skill sets that they're developing. So I like it a lot. And the free agent aspect of it, yeah, like it would be great to have a guy that, you know, sees Coach Fizz and, you know, is able to relate to him. And that's why I think it was great to have Coach here, too, because, you know, he's a player's coach and he's so respected around the league. Mm-hmm. And that front office seems to have that uh, same identity. But, uh, yeah, the draft is vital for us, man. And, I, you know, as much as I love seeing the Knicks win games and improving, it's like, I like, you know, between a rock and a hard place because I really, really want one of those top three picks. I mean... It's just, oh, man, I would love to see Zion, RJ, or, or Cam here uh, uh, in a heartbeat. So if, you know, hypothetically, they get the first pick, you would pick Zion number one, right? Yeah, I got to take Zion number one. Um, he's, he's a tremendous talent. He's <laughs> explosive athlete, obviously. Everybody knows what he's capable of doing. You know, he's showing that he's much more than just, you know, the player that you see on highlight, you know, tapes and, you know, being a dunker, quote unquote. You know, he's expanding his game more in the perimeter. I think a lot of people are caught off guard as how well of a ball handler he is, a passer. He's so nimble in the rim. He's, for a guy his size, he's able to finish um, with a lot of finesse, but obviously, you know, he has such raw power as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd take him number one. He'd be, he, he would be great in New York. I mean, just in terms of a marketing standpoint and, you know, the fans, obviously, you know, a lot of fans come to the garden, but mm-hmm. just that buzz, you know, that he uh, can create with the type of play he has, I would have to go with Z number one for sure. For me, being a selfish Knicks fan, I do not want him to go to Chicago, Cleveland, Orlando, Phoenix. I'm tired of, I'm tired <laughs> of those teams. The same teams get the first overall pick every single year. I'm tired of those. Um, for big markets, I think it's down to Chicago and New York. If he ends up as a bull, then, then that's what it is. But I think Knicks, again, going back to being lucky, man, and you get that star coming in. is a big buzz. and. Um, then I think others, if you draft him and then other free agents will follow, and I think that'll be a major plus um, for him and New York. And to kind of, you know, he's one, he's one player that when you ask fans and players, you know, who does he, who does he remind you of? And you get nine different answers. You get, oh, you get LeBron, you get, uh, Larry Johnson, you get Sean Kemp, you get Blake Griffin, you get Amari, you get a whole bunch of players, but who does he remind you of? Who is he um, the closest hybrid to, to, the, to describe Zion? Zion, man. I've never seen an athlete like him. I can't really pinpoint a guy that he reminds me of. Mm-hmm. The closest, I mean, obviously, you know, his frame is like a, you know, he's a little bit bigger than Larry Johnson. Um, he's a lot bigger than Larry Johnson. But, you know, the shoulders and, um, you know, able to create space. I I like his, um, man, I like him to Blake Griffin, actually. You know, he's not as tall, obviously, but Mm -hmm. if he learns to, you know, expand his game to the perimeter, uh, being able to, you know, he's a better defender than Blake um, right now. I just think that he's probably the closest comparison I could give to him is maybe Blake. But then again, 
uh, he has a core vision that Blake didn't have. You know, Zion used to play point guard, you know, up until high school. Even his senior year, he did play a little bit of uh, point guard. So, you know, he's able to handle the ball really, really well. If you watch Duke at times this year when, you know, Trey Jones is unable to, you know, uh, bring the ball up, he does, and he's able to break presses. He, he, he makes great passes. You know, Z's just a different animal, and I've never seen anything like him. So the best comparison I can give you is, a, you know, a mix between Larry and uh, Blake. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I would go with. Yeah, I, I did see on Twitter um, NBA veteran Rex Chapman said, uh, you know, he not saying if this is his number one choice, but he said, you know, Zion reminds me of a young Rodney Rogers. Yeah, I mean, Rod, Rodney had a great – you know, physique, a lot of people forget Rodney when, you know, he was in college, he was doing all this, you know, crazy stuff physically. But then, like, mm-hmm. when he was in the league, he, he became a three-point shooter. And he had his game, you know, expand to the three-point line. So, you know, it's just interesting that, you know, that's a good comparison. I, I don't know. I don't know if Rodney was as athletic and as explosive. The, the, the main thing I tell people is this, like, you know, when you first – meet Zion or play against him because the first time I got to see him play you know was you know this past summer before he started playing at Duke Mm. and the first thing I noticed was like his feet I mean it's like it's like a ballet you know he's just he's like a ballet dancer out there you know he's just able to be so nimble and but he's so strong and the legit you know he's legit 280 there's no you know fluffing up the numbers He's six seven, as you know, as much as people want to say he's closer to six five. He's, you know, he's a good six 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 seven. Mm. He's two eighty, and it's just like I've never seen anything like that. You know, he moves. He's just different. So, mm. you know, Rodney was great in college, but uh, I gotta I gotta give Z the nod. And for someone you know like you to be around them and, and kind of get to know him, and I mean, when you're in, at, at Duke games or at the Garden, and he does a crazy dunk, and the fans are going crazy. Are you like, eh, that's normal? <laughs> <laughs> the dunk, I yeah, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, like the 360. I was like, oh, that's impressive. <laughs> the, the dunk that the dunk that I actually was totally like oh my goodness mm-hmm. was the dunk that he had against eastern michigan the alley-oop that right i mean his armpits were at the the, the rim crazy and the crazy thing is i you know i was more in shock when i saw him live this summer and they were playing pickup and there's a play where you know some you know someone hit the ball and he was going off a drop step mm-hmm. and the ball goes straight up in the air so I'm thinking, you know, some guys, you know, they're going to box out. They're going to clear out, you know, and then, you know, push the other way. And before my man, before the defender was even able to just, like, load up to get to uh, to to the rebound, I mean, Z, Z already took off, and he had a putback. I mean, this was, like, one, one swift motion. I mean, the ball left his hands. Yeah. It was tipped up in the air, and before the defender could even get ready to go, he just jumped up and dunked it, and the entire gym kind of looked at each other like, <laughs> "Yo, did this just happen?" Like, yep. it was off the vert. It was off the. Vert. It was incredible, man. I, I wish, I wish there was tape of it. But um, so now I'm like, you know what? <laughs> like, I like, I like what I see. Yeah. I'm happy for him. 
<laughs> but but uh, yeah, the Eastern Michigan, the Eastern uh, Michigan dunk. I was like, okay, yeah, that's that got me. I think the highlight for me, I think he went to block a shot that he did, and then hit his head on the rim, some some shit like that. Yeah, he did. He hit his head on the backboard. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> he, the backboard. <laughs> yeah, he hit his head on the backboard. You know, it, it's crazy because I, you know, one of my friends texted me right after that play occurred. Mm. And they were like, you know, you got to tell him to chill. I'm like, you know, I don't talk to him about any of that. I, I always just want to see, you know, him healthy and happy out there. But, right. man, when I saw the, the replay, <laughs> I said, okay, bro, you got you to gotta cut that out. And then there's a, there's a picture of him now uh, that's going viral where he's blocking a shot of some kid from Clemson. And uh, his shoulder's legit at the rim. It's, it's incredible, man. And, yeah, he's, he's different, bro. He's... He's incredible. Very different, man. I, I really hope that, you know, all the cards going our way. Um, and, and, and if it doesn't, man, you know, he'll be in the league. He'll be a top first pick or top two. He ain't going that far in the draft. But um, just seeing a, a, a real special raw talent like that in the NBA with the influx of what we have with LeBron's and Kevin Durant and Curry and Harden of the world, um, it's going to be going to be different, man. Very interesting to see how he plays. With whatever team, I mean, whatever team he goes to, man, I really hope that it's um, it, it, it's an environment where he can grow and really get better and not be stagnant. Cause you know, NBA teams tend to be stagnant and not going nowhere and just kind of stunt the growth of, of these young players. So, if he's a Nick, I'm happy. I think other free agents free agents will follow, and because the Knicks are I, I, I don't know 11 and whatever now they they lost a couple games in a row they might trade Cantor for Zach Randolph for God's sake, um, just to get him off the books and kind of in that kind of quote unquote tanking mode. I know nobody wants to tank, but I think the Knicks are fully you know immersed in that for for this season. But um, remains to be seen where he goes and how the Knicks end up, and should be a very fun, interesting second half of the season. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm I'm excited to see how they develop their guys and you know this this possible cancer trade to Sacramento. You know, he's a great guy in the clubhouse from what I hear and mm-hmm. I'm in the locker room from what I hear, but you know, he's you know, he's also a contract that could you know, I hate to say it, you know, when you trade expiring contracts, you know, it just makes more room for the books and yeah. you know, Canner Canner as much as I think people like him you know, he's not part of the future in terms of the team. Like, you know, they're building that that young core right. with, you know, Knox, KP, and, right. uh, you know, Frank and Damian Dotson doesn't get enough credit, you know, in terms of what he's done in stepping up his game this year. Mm. And Noah Vonley, I really hope we could uh, utilize him, you know, in the future and kind of just bring him back. Moody has been flourishing with uh, the type of offense they've been running there, so... You know, that's five or six pieces there. And then the rest of it's just like, you know, I think free agency in the draft is going to be really important for us. Obviously, it's important for almost everybody. But I think it's going to be even more vital for us to kind of see in terms of how what the pieces they put with uh, for Chris Stops. And, you know, we got to move forward with that. Yeah. Uh, David, before I let you go, man, just let the listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and what you do with the workouts, with the college players, NBA players, and how often you do it, fall, winter, spring, summer, and how they can you know get in contact with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, my Instagram is I am David Zenon, uh, David Zenon, Z-E-N-O-N. Uh, I am David Zenon, and my Twitter handle is David Zenon one. 
and you guys can you know follow dm me uh, in terms of the workouts that i do with my players you know my college guys when they're home for you know summer break winter break um we just put in a lot of work a lot of game repetitions game shots my nba guys you know the whole off season from the time that they uh, get eliminated from the playoffs to up until training camp you know we do a lot of you know different things in terms of getting them ready to add uh to their to their repertoire so you know they're they're most of the things i do in terms of being you know development coach has to do with shooting so you guys can see videos of what i do with my guys there mm -hmm. so both you know instagram twitter um you know i post quite a bit <laughs> so you guys can check it out well david man always appreciate it you having um you coming on the show i know this is your debut but hopefully we get you on more man yeah for sure I'm, i'm excited to do so man i'm looking forward to the next time all right man take it easy likewise man take care yeah, bro later